Welcome to episode 11 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Hey everyone, so welcome along to episode 11 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How are you going, mate? Alright, you got a bit of shaggers back though. Yeah, mate, I did my back in, it's breaking my heart. <laughs> We're meant to be doing this big, huge, big ride because John and uh, Scott and another guy called... Um, Gary Burgess. Gary Burgess are going over and doing Epic Camp next week, so we're meant to be doing this huge, big big ride on last week, last Friday. Yeah. And I did my back on Thursday and I haven't done no exercise in like five days and it's... It was a beautiful day, absolutely yeah. beautiful. Pretty tough ride though. Yeah, some, John was just telling me he just put more. <laughs> you put another gear on your bike for a, France. Put a twenty-eight on my cassette for France because uh, we did about two thousand meters of climbing on Friday in five hours. It's pretty full on, and uh, we're getting profiles of all the stages down in France, and it's like we'll be doing two or three times that every day. So need some bailout options. So it was hurting, but anyway, uh, in this week's show we've got a little bit coming up. We've got some. Oh, Olaf, 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 Olaf yep. from uh, Triathlon Professionals is actually getting to going to meet Ben Furick from uh, WTC. That's going to be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Eh? So he's yeah. obviously making some inroads there. Um, we've got some results from the Eagle Man and also just a race that happened in Spain on the weekend. Uh, you, you had noticed you didn't try to pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Za. Zazu? <laughs> Zaruts? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Um, there's lots of races happening on in the world, not really in the Ironman kind of scheme of things, but lots of racing, and, and you've got an extra about that. UK 70.3, and also Ironman France was actually not this weekend coming up, but the weekend after next. Um, John's off to Epic Camp France, so we're going to have a bit of a yarn about that. Website of the week and age grouper of the week. Oh. High five this week is going to be on kind of tips for... Sort of open water swimming, During the breathing race. and stuff. Yeah, things you can think about in regards to that. Uh, Coach's Corner, mate. Bit of race planning. Mm. Uh, so getting together a bit of a race plan. Mm, John's actually got a really good article which we're going to put on the website and we're kind of basing that around that. Uh, question and answers. We've got some good questions and answers. So yeah, so let's bring on the show. So so what's happened with Olaf? Uh, Olaf, he's just been sending out a few emails. So after our, I'm sure it was after our show last week. Oh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> WTC are actually doing something, so I think all our lobbying's helped. But uh, they're actually going to... Olaf, who's head of the Triathlon Professionals organisation, is going to meet with uh, Ben Ferrick in Germany, ready to go over the issues we've been talking about the last few mm, weeks, so mm. drafting, drugs. So um, good on them for uh, for coming to the party, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think they're just doing it to keep them happy? or I don't know. I think... Um, I think They've got to get these things out in the media. I think they've got to have a collective voice and they've really got to get their message out there. And one of the things Olaf was talking about was having a press conference in Hawaii, so doing it separately outside WTC. Oh, really? And, uh, and the and aim of that is to promote express. what they're doing yeah. and uh, try to get a stronger group together. If, if, if they have splinter groups and, and not everybody joins into this, it's not going to happen. They need yeah. to have a union where everybody's buying into it and they have got some power. Um, so it's not just WTC saying... This is what we're doing, and that's yep. it. The athletes yep. have got some power. So, yeah, I'm, I think a lot of people are going to be really intrigued to see what happens there. I'm really impressed with uh, the amount of effort they made in such a short time. Mm. You know, because often these things do pop up, and, you know, it's they, very lackluster, and, you know, it just kind of falls by the wayside, or it's a, a reason to pay a fee for something that never really does anything. Yeah. Whereas this seems, you know, they're making an impact. And, I mean, I think the good thing is that Olaf, um, 
he's an active athlete at the moment. He's mm. a pro athlete. He's an Ironman. He's in winner. the game, yeah. Um, so he he's got his own cause he's fighting for, but yeah. I think he's he's got the greater good. Um, the right person for the job, eh? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. We're actually going to see if we can get him on the show. Um, yeah, no, yeah. He's, he, I've been emailing him. He's he's happy to come on. So once we get our technology up to speed, well, we're, we're, we're so there. close. So we'll uh, get Olaf on the show. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Maybe even see if we can get Ben Furyk on the show. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, that's a challenge for us. We might try and change our name on us. <laughs> we'll tell him we get a hundred thousand listeners. <laughs> um, Do that again. Right, we're back on again now. <laughs> We just had some more microphone issues. Tell you what, we've had so many microphone issues, but hey, we the, deliver. The so. show goes on. The show must go on. So last weekend we had the Eagleman 70.3. Yeah, so some good racing there. Old uh, Mr. Chris Lee there has decided to do every race under the sun this year. We yeah. talked about his uh, did Wildflower a few weeks ago yep. and uh, second there to Terenzo Bazzoni. And then the week, a couple of weeks later, he went and did uh, the uh-huh. Baja, yeah. and again he had another battle with Terenzo, and this time he came out on top. And so this week we threw another Kiwi at him, yep. we threw Karen Doe at him, and he managed to thwart that challenge as well. Yeah, and uh, so he took it out, and it was a very strong race by him, it was a good field. Um, so Chris Lee won from Karen Doe in second, uh, sort of just took it out on the run. And Karen Doe's a young New Zealand guy, around 25, and been doing Ironman for a few years now, about two or three years, and kind of yeah. learning his trade, isn't he? he? I mean, he um he, he's been blowing up on the run, yeah. Um, but he still does okay. I mean, he finished about seventh or eighth at, at Ironman New Zealand two years ago, yeah. Um, when it was the official Ironman race, uh, so yeah, I think he's got a good future. He's very good at the half Ironman. He's won he won a number of the New Zealand half Ironmans in very very impressive fashion last year. Yeah. So uh, he's definitely a name to look out for. Uh, bit of character years, as well. Yeah, so. big big long dreads. Although I think he said not, didn't he? Oh, is he? Oh, I, I could be know. wrong. Don't quote me. Oh, we will. I'm not like his fashion police or anything. But uh, there were some other big names there. I mean, Victor Zemintsev, uh, he's won Ironman Wisconsin, I think, a couple of times. Uh, he's a very strong runner, and he was going to be one of Cameron Brown's big challenges at Ironman New Zealand that never happened, but he pulled yep. out with injury. So he was back there in fourth. It was very, very close from sort of third, fourth, fifth, mm. sixth, seventh, all the way down to seventh. Uh, very close racing. Simon Thompson, who's an Aussie Olympian, uh, he had a fantastic run split, one twelve oh six. He was nearly three, uh, nearly three minutes quicker than anybody else, so that was pretty impressive and pulled him up into to fifth place. And we also had our mate Ragnar from mm. Norway, Ragnar Alner. Uh, had a pretty good run, didn't he? Yeah, mm. he got seventh place. So it's first year sort of racing in the pro division. Uh, oh, so this is first year as officially as a pro, is it? Yeah, he's always oh. raced as age groupers. He was in uh, Hawaii with us last year and uh, racing as an age grouper. Yeah. So how did he go as an age grouper? Uh, I mean, it didn't do very well in Hawaii, but in New Zealand he did well. Yeah, I think he, he, it, yeah. uh, was he in your age group? Well, the year I did it, he won at his age group, yeah. Yeah, so he yeah. must have been in the age group above, below you. Yeah, below me, yeah. yeah so he was 20 to 24. I just flipped him, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just at the last bit of the run I got him. So, <laughs> so he's doing pretty well. Uh, and good, yeah, good, good overall racing there from a 70.3. Yep. And, uh, and the female side of thing, old Natasha Badman took it out again. Yeah, pretty comfortably by 10 minutes. Yeah, so um, she beat Leander Cave, another short course girl. It was pretty close racing from two down, wasn't it? It was. From two through to four, at least. I mean, those are some, some good names there. I mean, Natasha Badman just must have been on fire because Desiree Flicker, Catcher Shoemaker, they're both good athletes. I think they've both um, either won Ironmans before or been very, very high up. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not a complete Ironman anorak. I don't know every result in the past, but yeah. I know that those guys Can't do make perform, it perform <laughs> pretty well. <laughs> meant to be fitness professionals here. Oh, I know. <laughs> but uh, one of the things we, we talked about a while ago was just the prize money, and um, it's still pretty good in the 70.3s, relatively speaking. Um, for 70.3, I think it looks like you get about 7,000 US for the win, 
Whereas most Ironman races are about 10,000, mm. so proportionately it's it's not a bad day. And you office, can do a lot more 70.3s in a year, can't you? Yeah, as Chris Lee's demonstrating, his yeah. bank balance probably going okay at the moment. Loving it. <laughs> um, we also had a race in... Spain. Spain. <laughs> Last time we recorded this, he, I was trying to say the name and he gave me shit. <laughs> now he pulls out. Okay, well, yeah, in Spain. Zaruts, we'll call it. Zaruts, half Ironman. And I didn't really look at the results. I just noticed that Cameron got third. Yeah, I read Cameron did a little race report. I think it uh, I think it might have been up on X-Try. It was either on X-Try or I on one of... it was actually on Triathlon Organisation. Oh, okay. Organisation. Yeah. yeah, I read that. Yeah. It was also on the paper down here in New Zealand. So, um, oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, it gets good coverage down here. It was mm. on... Uh, one of our sites. So Brownie got third. Um, very, very tough course. So they start at three o'clock in the afternoon, which is uh, I've raced afternoon races before Olympic distance, and it's really hard to stick around yeah. all day and get ready to race. So did a half Ironman starting at three. Probably would have finished at about seven oh. p.m. That's a bit odd. You completely changes your eating strategy for the yeah. day. You got it. You know, if you got the nerves there, you got to be forcing food in all day. So, so that's probably quite a challenge. It was very hot. And uh, I also read that he didn't really have good gearing selections and that really toasted yeah. his legs on the bike. Yeah. So Brownie got uh, third there. Now, we don't even have the results up of who the guys that won. I know that uh, Hector Lanos was either first or second, and yep. I think he won it. Uh, he was actually one of my picks at one of yeah, the Ironmans recently. So should have picked him this week. I should have picked him this week. <laughs> so good on Brownie. We, we, you'll probably notice we do have a bit of a New Zealand slant. We like following our Kiwi athletes. Yep, definitely do. So uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So lots of races are coming up actually over the next few weeks, and I might actually just flip to extra here right now. And uh, not many in regards to Ironman. A few a couple of weeks away, but as in seventy point threes or at least halves. You're not having trouble with your Mac there, are you? No, no. It just delivers every time. <laughs> Come on, come on, come on. There we go. Yeah, extra oh, and races. And we're just trying to kill some time right here right now. Yeah, so Kent Brownie's article is up on X-Try. It's, uh, oh, it is too. It's, uh, it's right up there. So I think it's just his little race report. He's got a column on there. If you ever go to X-Try, there's a few columnists here. Brownie, Gordo, um, a couple of the other pro athletes. Come on, mate. You can pick the pace up here. You're up to... Yeah, there we yeah, go. yeah. Right. There we are. Sensational. Oh, uh, another another page. <laughs> We're just scanning That's through the X-Try website, the X-Try calendar. So there's quite a few races coming up. Uh, got uh, the Ironman UK seventy point three. There's half Ironmans all over the world. Uh, Eagleman obviously was last week. Saipan uh, in France. Oh, yeah. they're, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're really um, but really what we're building up for now in the Ironman world is we've got Coeur d'Alene coming up in America on June 25th and also Ironman France. So those are two really big races uh, that are coming up. France is a very challenging course um, on the bike. So if any of you guys are, are doing France out there, just a few little tips. I, I've been working with a guy in Christchurch who's preparing for that race and really looking at the course profile, you really do need to pace yourself very well because the first third of the bike is very, very difficult. Uh, and I think the temptation is to work that that section um, too hard, very hilly. So just relax on that part. And the other temptation I think with that race is you have a very long, the last couple of hours of the bike is a lot of downhill. Uh, so the temptation is you'll probably come off the bike relatively fresh. So I think you've got to be wary of not starting the run too hard. Yep. So yep. there we go. Yeah, but uh, yeah, well, we tried to get the result, the uh, athletes at least for the UK Ironman, and uh, was seventy point three coming up this weekend, and didn't really seem to have to find them that easily. Oh, crap! I hate websites where you just can't find information. Yeah, yeah. So we haven't really, we don't know who's racing too much on these. I seem races. to recall, um, 
Oh, I think it's a pretty strong field. I can't remember names. I know Stradler's around the year. I'm not sure if he's racing or not. They were okay. talking about him. Yeah. And um, I was talking a few weeks ago on the show about two American guys. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, oh, well. Bloody hell. But then you, ba- you, you balance half up in Canada usually draws a reasonable field. And the Muskoka Triathlon, I think that is, might actually be a 70.3. It may have changed to a 70.3. So good luck to all you guys racing out there this weekend. And especially good luck to the guys that are uh, looking to sort of peak for Coeur d'Alene and, uh, and France. And if anyone wants to do a race report for us, just uh, give me an email and on ironmantalk at gmail.com. Com, you and, got uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> and we can just, yeah, love to get kind of some race reports of what's happening on out there. Um, just a couple of other light things before we move on is that there's going to be a movie that Iron Man, well, about Iron Man, kind of like like um, one of the Tour de France, yeah, sort of one ones. of the Tour de France movies. And I'm just going to this page right now. I've kind of deleted all my pages. <laughs> <laughs> You're having a storming day. There. I'm on fire today. Um, and it's it's <clears throat> basically following four athletes, and it's following Peter Reed. Um, Heather Fuhr, she was on there. Laurie Bowden and somebody else. Yeah, and it's yeah. I'll have a link on the website, and they have um, a trailer to it. And it's actually a documentary, so they're actually advertising it as a documentary, which I imagine they're going to try put out at theaters. So it's yeah, it's very much in line with the whole kind of Hell on Wheels. And well, I hope it's a, a triathlon movie, not a sob story. You know? Yeah. Um, I think well, to be honest, the trailer did look kind of like it was the typical. Iron Man sob story kind yeah. of theme, but uh, oh, well, hopefully it's got lots of you, insight. You're going to give them the benefit of the doubt? Yeah, I think they'll do this well, and I think this is the thing is, is that we're being the insiders, like I'm sure if you ask lots of Tour of France writers about Hell on Wheels, they probably don't think it's. Yes. Bit, you know what I mean? Because that's, that's what they do. Yeah. And so maybe it just gives people who are outside our sport a better insight to what it takes. A couple of there are a couple of movies out there, um, Hell on Wheels, and probably one that I thought was a bit better than that was um, Overcoming. Uh, that yep. actually follows the CSC team with um, Bjarne Reese and Ivan Basso. So was that uh, better? Was it? I thought that was better than Hell on Wheels. So if you can get a copy of that, it's called Overcoming. Um, that was that was a good watch, and it was uh, a lot of it was in English as well, whereas Overcoming was all in German. Uh, um, so, Hell on Wheels, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, Hell on Wheels was all in yeah. German. So. And I got a question a few weeks ago about the finding the Mark Allen and Dave Scott race. Now I, I didn't find that, but I have found a good site to actually get Iron Man DVDs, and they seem to have DVDs of the last kind of fifteen years, going back to basically early nineties. All oh, right. And the site is uh, Iron Man DVD, and I think Iron Man Corporation actually owned the site. They don't yeah, seem to advertise it that well. Yeah. But um, I was just kind of browsing around places, and in doing that, I found the site. So if you want to find some DVDs leading back pretty much to the early nineties. Yeah, this is a good site to check it out. I'll have it in the show notes, so go on to our imantalk.com and we'll give you a link to that site. And if you want to you know, grab an old DVD and have a look. I don't think they have the Dave Scott Mark Allen race. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they had a changing in TV networks, maybe something like that. I yeah, don't know. That yeah, could be, maybe. could be a reason. Yeah. It's a pity because that seems to be the race everyone talks of. Yeah. And uh, So you can even buy the complete set, which is like 10 years worth. Yeah. Which is a lot of viewing. If you <laughs> a lot of... Uh, a lot of content there for doing some uh, indoor trainer sessions. <laughs> so um, you're off to Epic Camp, mate? I'm off to Epic Camp. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, we've had uh, some fantastic weather in Christchurch, and then it's turned to custard. Oh, I remember miserable. we were talking last, uh, I went for a ride on Friday with Scott and a couple of others, and it was just stunning winter's day, and it continued on the weekend. On Sunday, I was wearing shorts and a T-shirt, yep. and then yesterday, crikey, Dak, <laughs> the shit hit the fan. It doesn't we're, snow in Christchurch. It doesn't snow here, and it just went like crazy. They had uh, a meter of snow up at the ski fields, uh, wow. so it's been crazy. So 
I'm looking forward to getting out of here on uh, set, uh, Sunday, and uh, I've got a week before Epic Camp starts. It starts on the 26th of 25th, 26th of June, well, Monday, whatever date that is. And it's going to be fantastic. We start in a place called Po, which is uh, just next to the uh, Pyrenees in the west of France, and we spend 12 days basically riding up and down the mountains and heading along the Pyrenees to a place called Foramo, and uh, it's a high altitude training center. And then we turn around and come back. So make sure you get onto epiccamp.com um, mm. during the camp because what we'll have on there, we'll actually have the profiles of the stages we're doing with the elevation gains we oh, do cool. and the mountains we cover. Um, myself, Gordo, and Scott will be writing up um, daily reports. We'll be trying to get daily reports up there and pictures. So we'll be having quite good live coverage. And uh, hopefully we're going to have some uh, interviews as well. If we yeah, can and you'll find working. you'll find on Iron Man Talk at least on this podcast that you may have more than the weekly episode because we wouldn't mind catching up with the boys maybe once or twice or maybe even just having a talk to like Gordo or Scott or some of the athletes there um, while they are over there because you know we mustn't make the most of this. And, oh uh, yeah, it's mm. going to be uh, it's going to be. An adventure into the unknown for myself and most of the others. I don't. And think Epic Camp is basically one of the world's top known race uh, like training camps, isn't we, it? We get hundreds of thousands of people looking at the site for the two weeks when when the the, the camp's live we will get you know over a hundred thousand page mm. views on our site so it, it has got a huge following and uh there's a reason for that it is pretty entertaining stuff yep. the the guys get uh, pretty animated in their writing and uh it should be good fun so what do you kind of do each day what's what's we basically the standard is we generally swim for about an hour, um, yep. and then we generally bike from anywhere between four and you know, maybe up to nine hours, yep. and then we generally run in about an hour to two hours. So we have a points competition, so we'll also have that up there. Um, yep. That's quite fun. Guys go a bit crazy, and yep. uh, so you get points for for doing minimum distances each day, and then you get bonus points for going further. And then we have King of the Mountains points, yep. and then we have some races. So it's really um, entertaining. So you've you've got a target. What we try to encourage is that uh, you get big bonus points. The objective is to do your swim, your minimum swim, your minimum bike, and your minimum run every day for 12 days. Sounds pretty easy um, because the minimums aren't that huge, but I can tell you when you get to sort of day 9, 10, yeah. 11, you're absolutely exhausted and you've still got, out, got to get out there and do a 4K swim, about 100K on the bike, and, uh, and an hour run. So. Yeah, so it's pretty intense. Should be fun. It's, it's interesting just how I was saying before how it seems to be the most popular training camp in the world at this moment because I was up in Wellington last weekend taking a training weekend for kind of spinning stuff yeah uh, indoor cycling classes and there was a couple of men in the class and I was talking about um how talking about this actually and talking yeah. a little bit how my coach the guy I do it was like off to France he goes oh is he doing epic camp and I was yeah. like yeah yeah, and oh, the, yeah. Cool. so you're a superstar mate oh mate yeah, yeah. So it's <laughs> my own little world <laughs> oh my own little world so there you go yeah wicked um, age group of the week. Do you, want to, add, do you want to add the music? Yeah, give us some music. Okay, wait, we're going to put the music in. Wait a second. Age group of the week. week. Oh, we're bloody beautiful. I tell you. Lovely. Last okay. week when I listened to that after we'd actually done it, man, I was just in hysterics. So, <laughs> so hopefully you guys hear as much. Work on, your, <laughs> work on your mixing skills. Work on the mixing skills. Well, I'm going to give it to, uh, I always choose the hardest name. How do you say that name? Mike Carriazzo. Carriazzo? Yeah. Give it to them. Yeah. He, he was in, um, which race was it? In? I think it was in... Probably Eagle Man, was yeah, it? Yeah, it must have been Eagle Man. Eagle Man, he got... Tenth overall. Oh, wicked! Yeah, which was a pretty good effort. And um, four ten, pretty solid time for. A yeah, it can't have been Eagle Man actually because. Why not? Well, because didn't rain. Oh no, we already know we did a four oh seven. Um, wait a second. Now we're actually looking. 
Yeah, no, it can't have been Eagleman. Oh, mate. Where's the professionalism? <laughs> what, what's going I'm on? I'm having a bad day today. <laughs> you're not working. You're not training. I'm not you still managed to ball. Your balls it up. <laughs> anyway, Mike, you're a bloody legend. And this is why. Because he won his age group. Uh, uh, at, at some race somewhere in the world. <laughs> <Somewhere> in the <laughs> world. <laughs> but he also managed to get top 10. And, uh, and that's Cruden Profield. So, oh. yeah, he's our age grouper of the week. But we've also got another age grouper. And this is uh, Vicky Jones from New Zealand. And uh, this is because she they put a, had a really good article. Can't, you can't go changing your time. You can't have a double age group of the week. You, you, I'm you, pulling the plug out on the first one. Yeah, yeah. He's still our age group, but hey, back it up. So Vicky, actually, there's a really good article on Vicky on Ironman.com. Have you not read but it? No, but I know Vicky. So, um, yeah, and because she won the age group champs in Hawaii last year, and um, they just basically had a really nice article about her. And what's what's I think probably the reason why they did it on her and what's most impressive is... Um, I'm pretty sure, I mean, this is what the article probably outlines, is that Ironman New Zealand last year was her first Ironman, yeah. and then she went on to win Hawaii, and she's just a phenomenal talent. She's a mother of about two or three, took the yeah. whole family over to um, Hawaii, and she just dealt to everybody. And the really fascinating thing from the article, or the thing that is good coming from John's point of view at least, is that she, the really big thing that she really um, put the wind down to was that um, she did an epic block. Yeah, yeah. And, and there was a huge epic block. I, can't I was, I was coaching her coach. <laughs> you were coaching her coach? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and yeah, I can't remember the exact numbers, but she was doing some huge numbers. She had a week where she basically did like a thousand Ks on the bike yeah. and yeah. stupid amount of Ks and everything. And um, she really put her wind down to that. And yeah. you know, just that whole trust in those long training periods are really good. Yeah, good. So you check that out. We're going to have a, show, a link to that on the show notes. And uh, those are our age groupers of the week. Okay, now we go up to high five. I've, I've left this in under your your realm today, so, can, so I'm going to have to do the intro. So I'm going to need some music here. Get, hit, hit me with some music. Okay, wait a second. Um, okay, wait. I'm going to have to pause. Well, that was very soothing music. Well, you so didn't get the high five. One, two, three, four. <laughs> high five. Oh, nice, mate. Nice. Well, this week we're going to be looking at. Um, Tips that you can have for when you're swimming in open water in, in a race kind of situation. Hopefully, John can read my... I was just looking down there. I can't <laughs> read. I was, I was kind of just scribbling away. <laughs> but anyway, the first tip is the first tip in the high five is to actually make sure you breathe all your air out while your head is still underwater. So mm. before you actually rotate the body and actually turn to breathe, lift your head up, which I know for a lot of you guys who are swimmers out there, that makes a lot of sense. But make sure you get all the air out. A lot of people who swim still and to be honest I'm still doing a little bit of the old yep. sucking and breathing as I turn my head yeah so um I mean, it's just something you've got to slow your swimming down when you're practicing and uh and just focus on letting that air out and so by the time your head turns you've just got to do a final little puff out of air and then you're sucking in otherwise you just spend too far too long on your side also a good tip is for um you to hum actually underneath the water hum <laughs> 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 my phone went off and oh we're having a bad day <laughs> my back's sore my phone went off uh, do you want to cuddle <laughs> <laughs> listen at the end and I'll, I'll put the phone in it's, yeah, it was entertaining um, but yeah actually hum underneath the water and it actually makes you conscious of the air going out of your mouth so you can get it all out before you actually move on cool. tip number two Right, keeping high elbow and stroke. So I think what we're trying to get across there is that the front of your stroke, uh, especially when people breathe, they tend to drop their elbow at the front. So the, the action you're trying to get is basically putting your arm around a barrel. Uh, if, you, if you let your elbow drop, you're not going to get any forward momentum. So try to keep that elbow nice and high and visualize yourself putting your arm around a barrel. Yeah, and if anything, just think of the arm. It's hard for us to describe this, but maybe as a bit of a 
not quite an L, but that kind of shape is happening through the elbow joint. Just you just got to have, at the front of your stroke, you got to have a slight flexion in your elbow, and that will allow you to bend it, and then you start sort of pulling through with a bit of a uh, S motion. And what's the advantage of that? Uh, you're actually catching water early in your stroke. If you're not, if you're dropping your elbow, you you just be pressing down on the water, sort of pressing down at the bottom of the pool, and hence you won't be pulling any water back, so you won't be moving through the water quickly. Okay, um, tip number three is the speed of the slowing of the arm at the top. Try not to have a pause. So basically your arm wants to be like a windmill, doesn't it? So that as the arm enters the water, it's still moving. It's not getting to the, hitting into the water and stopping. It actually gets into the water and keeps moving through the whole momentum of the movement. So you don't want to force that movement too quickly. You want your hand to enter and you do want to glide, but you don't want to have the hand just sitting out there, hanging out there, just swimming catch up the whole time because yep. uh, then you'll have very much a uh, sort of stop-start stroke. You'll be sort of surging all the time and you want to try and keep your velocity fairly even. Yep. Okay, tip number four. Bilateral breathing. Uh it's just a given. Uh, you should be practicing your bilateral breathing all the time. Uh, in an ideal world, you should be bilateral breathing all the time, swimming and racing. A lot of people really struggle with that. So I do every second breath. Uh, yeah, you should be practicing three-stroke breathing. Uh, oh, so okay. for a number of reasons, if you're in a in a uh, one, it helps balance your stroke up uh, and makes you a lot more even. Secondly, if you're in a race situation where for some reason you've got somebody on your left who's clobbering the crap out of you, or if you're swimming in the sea and the waves are coming in from one direction, you need to be perfectly comfortable breathing to both sides. So that's one reason, but probably the most important reason is it does help to balance up your stroke. See, what happened with me was I used to do bilateral, but then I had an operation, and when I come down on the other side now, my whole body dints down. Yeah. So I need to probably be a bit more flexible, to be honest. And you need to do some bilateral. Good. Yeah. Uh, and and a good, 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 yeah. good, good thing to do with your bilateral breathing is to do it with the pool boy, um, especially if you're not used to it. That just helps keep you a little more, uh, your flotation up a bit. So when you're practicing in the early stages, bilateral breathing with your uh, pool boy is good. One other good tip that um, works as well is to practice one arm stroke for yep. a while on the, on the side you don't normally breathe on so actually practice yep. one arm stroke one arm drill. and then you get used to breathing on that side mm -hmm. and uh, that's also a really good way to overcome that one you've also got with that one practicing the sighting when you're actually doing yeah so whenever uh, practice makes perfect with your sighting um, so bilateral breathing and also even when you're swimming in the pool every now and then just lift your head look up to the end of the pool as if you're looking for a swim boy uh, and just need to practice that movement and well, obviously we're trying, to, we're trying to maintain our hips up while we do that because obviously they're going to dent down yeah you want to try and keep your hips up but it's just practicing practicing your timing with your breathing um, and just just practicing the whole movement really so try and make it as efficient as possible okay how often in a race should you look up uh, if you're drafting somebody and you've got confidence in the person in front of you, uh, you don't need to look up that yeah, often. But if you're did. if you're um, if you're swimming at the front of a pack, then you probably want to be looking up around about every six to eight strokes. I would say. Yeah. Just having a little check. Nice. Uh, tip number five is to um, if you're taking water, there's some good drills to do to get your body get used to doing that. At least, and wearing fins when you're actually in the pool kind of creates a situation where you're going so much faster that the water flows over your head so it feels like the water is going in your mouth mm -hmm. um, so that's a good way to actually practice taking your head out open a little bit more um, also practice bunch swimming with a group of people maybe in open water as well you will have to do a few open of water and and doing some hard 50s hard fast 50s going like four abreast in a lane and just getting a lot of chop happening or, or going sort of three in front three straight behind on their feet and just practice sprinting and uh, even if you're doing Ironman it's still good stuff and uh, just being in rough sort of water and, and trying to maintain your breathing pattern and lastly just on the day if you are finding you're getting a lot of water in your mouth 
just deal with it. I know it's not a comfortable just situation. Just deal with it. <laughs> but, but, you, but, you know, like deal with it and, you know, realise that, okay, let's be calm. Let's just, because it's not comfortable, especially when you've got lots of people around you and you're smashing yourself and you get water in your mouth. It can be quite a horrible situation. And so really just focus on trying to get a good pattern. Maybe you need to pull back and find your place. You should come down to Ironman New Zealand and Taupo because then it doesn't really matter oh, if you suck in the water. It's nice and fresh. It's so beautiful. It's clear as well because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not seawater. So, yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, what are we doing here? Website of the week. Website of the week. Okay, website of the week. We didn't add music to that, but no. that's okay. Uh, website of the week. So website of the week is Triathlon Times. Now, this is cool, this website, eh? It is. It's a, an Aussie fella uh, who's got this up and running, triathlontimes.com.au. And um, you go in there and uh, punch in your name. Let's see if it's working again now. Um, Bevan, uh, surprisingly, he's been having problems with his Apple, his no, internet it's connection. No, it's, it's nothing to do with my Apple. It's bloody eye hug. And you put up, you, you plug your name in there. Oh, there you go. It yeah, does. It? Uh, yeah. you, you plug your name in if you've done an Ironman around the world. And uh, it may do Olympic distance as well, actually. I haven't looked at that. I've just been plugging in a few people's names I know. And it brings up all your times. It's got a, So it's just basically a huge database of uh, triathlon results. And they're also looking at doing statistics and analyzing results. Are people getting slower? Are race times getting faster? So a really good um, resource there. It's really cool. It's a guy called Christian's actually put it together. He's from Australia. And um, he, he actually wrote to us and asked us, he's trying to find a lot of older results. He doesn't have a lot of the older results. And so he's asking us to actually help out okay. by asking you guys if you have any older results to actually go on the website, give them an email and then that way he'll actually yeah. have to put up because he's got a lot of the recent stuff but yeah he's just struggling with some of the older stuff and this is a really cool resource yeah yeah it'd be fantastic to have a resource where all the triathlon results are pulled and you can go and check up on your yeah. competition yeah should send him some of my old glory day results it's, it's also got your average speed splits which I really like it's got your swim yeah. splits your bike splits and your run speeds while you're doing yeah. the thing so yeah it's a yeah I really like the website and so if you could help Christian out on that go to his website and I'm sure there's a con- oh, there it is contact us right there and um triathlontimes.com.au yeah and uh, also we'll have it in the show notes for this week just one thing on his site he's got a links page and I went here to check out his links page and he's got a links to um, oh maybe it wasn't this one there was a links to one, one website I was looking at was Lance Armstrong winning a race and there was like a oh, right. yeah it was like an audio I mean uh, movie and uh, it was like 30 minutes long oh really and it was like yeah it was, it was like a 19 19- 91 oh, or something least, stupid like that if, if not earlier, but it was a yeah. pretty good race and he beat some Mike Pig and some yeah, yeah. pretty good athletes and he was yeah, he was only 18 at the time Yeah, and uh, he was still quite he was quite cocky to be honest but. Oh, yeah. I think he always was <laughs> I, I talked to Scott and people like that and they just said he's, he was he was the same as what he is now you know? yeah. always <laughs> going to be a champion no matter what happened yeah and so yeah if, I'll, if I can find that link again I'll, um, I'll put that up in the show notes because it was yeah it was really fantastic it's a bit funny watching what they wore as well. Oh, yeah. Back in the old big, days. Big glasses. Yeah, big glasses, big hat. Yeah. <laughs> All fluoro. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. So anyway, Coach's Co- Corner. Coach's Corner. We're going to go into uh, race planning. Now, this is something I force all my athletes to do, whether they like it or not, and they usually thank me afterwards, not before. Uh, but it's really a case of, for Ironman, it's, even, it's so much more important, is having a really solid race plan and a written race plan. So just think, I mean, a lot of people think these things naturally and they won't put it down on paper, but it becomes a lot more powerful if you do put it down on paper. So, okay, so why? Um, just ask the silly questions. Probably the main thing is is to be organized and to reduce stress on the day. Um, those are probably the two key things. 
and just an overall scheme of things. And I also think it's vitally important to plan your nutrition. So don't just go in there thinking about what you're going to eat and actually have a written plan. So those would be the three key areas. Um, you don't want to be going into an Ironman race where most of you guys only do one a year, if uh, maybe maximum two if you do Hawaii, stressing about um, remembering your gear and things like that. It's so easy to get it right. Um, so just got to do a bit of planning around that. Yeah. So the way to sort of start it off, I break it down in the article into a number of different areas. Um, the first easiest area to cover is to do a checklist. Yep. So that's pretty straightforward. You just need to write down what you need for the swim, what you need for the bike, what you need for the run, what you put in your T1 bag, T2 bag, um, and just a basic checklist. And then when it comes to the day before the race, whether it's Friday or Saturday, you just need to go through your checklist, make sure you've got everything sweet, no stress. You don't go down to the race wondering whether you've forgotten your helmet or your glasses going, shit, did I remember that? Did I remember that? <laughs> should be pretty straightforward. So that's the first thing I've got down there. Um, secondly is a nutrition plan. Uh, now this is something you should have really practiced and, and have a lot of confidence in. So you've got to know what you're going to be eating um, in the days leading into the race, whether you're going to try carbo loading, whether you're going to try loading of different things, you know, magnesium, sodium, whatever. Um, but you should have that all in your head and it's really again just a case of putting it down on paper. And um, probably the key thing is race day fueling, which mm. we, we talk about quite a bit. Uh, you should have had a plan that you've practiced, so you know what you're going to be eating. You've got all your stuff on your bike or in your bags or, or however you're going to fuel yourself. Um, so that's another vital area, eating in regular patterns and, um, and just having a strategy there. And if it's not a, uh, a key race, just having a bit of a think about your post-race fueling. So if it's, say, a half Ironman that you're doing to, as preparation for Ironman, if you can refuel as quickly as possible straight after the race, um, you know, through things like That's protein recovery. shakes, yeah. bananas. Um, Protein's uh, really important. Yeah. yeah. Uh, energy <laughs> drinks and so on. That will help your recovery. means you'll be able to get back into training quicker. Uh, and uh, hopefully that will, in turn, bring a better result for your A race. Yep. Uh, right. Couple of days before the couple race. of days before the race. <laughs> uh, just write down these what you're going to do. You know, final gear checks. Um, put down like a time schedule. So you say like on on Friday, I've got to go down and register at nine o'clock. Um, we've got the race briefing at ten thirty. I'm going to have lunch at twelve. I'm going to have a bit of a walk around the course at two. I'm going to have dinner at 6, I'm going to go to bed at 8, I'm going to get up at um, 3.30 or whatever. You just keep yawning over there, Bevan. If, I, if, if, if I'm boring you, I'm sorry about this. It's my back. <laughs> um, so just write down what you're going to do for the few days before the race and then really write down a written plan, of an hour-by-hour hour plan. Do you, um, do you advise, um, I know this is kind of really field, but <clears throat> I, I never sleep very well before a race. I'm not sure many people do. So do you advise on the day before the race, maybe even if you can get a few hours sleep, um, what do you think? Stay the, to your sleeping pattern. Try. I think the key thing is is the, the night, two nights before the race. Get a really so, good sleep. say for example, you're racing on Thursday. Thursday night is your key key night to sleep. So go to bed on really good time yep. and try to just try to obviously sleep through if you can. Yep. Um, the night before the race, most people are going to struggle to sleep, yep. and it's not going to impair your performance if you get um, as long as you three hours sleep or yeah. five hours sleep or eight hours sleep. It doesn't. I don't think it has a huge impact on your your race day. Yeah. Um, so there you go. There you go. Back, <laughs> back to the course. Back back on track now. Uh, I've also gotten here a bit of notes on pacing and tactics. So uh, 
you know, whether you're using a heart rate monitor, whether you're using um, just perceived effort, but obviously write down how you're going to um, approach the day uh, and where you want to be at certain times and so on. Don't get too stressed about um, the time thing, The time thing, but but just having some, a bit of a plan on, on what sort of effort you're going to start at. So if you're going to try to pick it up in the, the last third of the bike, things like that, so that's what you want to be focusing on there. Uh and really, we've talked about this before, sort of breaking the day down into parts. So you obviously want to break the bike down into sections. You want to break the run down into sections if it's multi-lap. You know, have those visual points that you're aiming for. And and write down some really good notes on how mentally you're going to deal with, especially the run and, and the latter part of the bike. Some key words you're going to be thinking about. One of the things I really try to reinforce is more technique side of things on the run. Yep. So when you're getting tired, that's when you should be starting about starting to think more and more about technique. You know, lifting those knees, lifting your heels, um, good strong yeah. push off, good body position, trying to hold that running form as long as you possibly can. I know in my last race for me, it was actually funny because I was in Wellington and for some reason I had my Ironman results from the last race I did in my bag, <laughs> which was kind of weird. And I was looking through it all, and uh, the run was where I really kind of won my age group and. I know for me that once I got tired, I really was just focused on my technique. I just became very focused, okay, well, let's just pull my abs and keep it up nice and tight. And by doing that, and especially using the uphills and the downhills to an advantage, to, you know, to really mm. gain some speed, um, I'm sure that's probably why I managed to win my age group at the end yeah. of the day, was I just focused on what I could control. Plus the legendary coach. Wow, the coach is <laughs> unbelievable, you know. <laughs> But no, we, I mean, one of the things is that all the Christchurch guys that day when we both went up and had good races, everybody had really solid days. So we had a good group vibe. So mm. um, I know a lot of you guys like going out there and doing it by yourself. But if you can get a few like-minded people around you, it does make training a little yeah. bit easier. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so have a bit of a plan for your tactics. Again, don't get too hung up on times, but just have some, um, some mental notes and some visualization things that you're going to work through as you're making your way through the run. And the further you get into the course, probably break it down into smaller and smaller bite-sized pieces um, just to make the day a little bit easier rather than staring down the barrel of a 42-kilometer run when you come off the bike and you're already tired. Yeah. Uh, I also, uh, some people view this as, as, as being a little bit negative, but I like people to think about some what-if scenarios uh, and dealing with them. You know, what if you get a puncture? How are you going to deal with that? Some yeah. people stress out and lose a lot of energy because they're so worried about the puncture and yeah. fixing it, whereas in reality it should only take sort of four to five minutes to fix a puncture. And, uh, oh yeah, that's right, we went out cycling <laughs> with Bevan the other day and we sat on the side of the road for about 10 or 15 minutes while he was fixing that. There was no hurry. <laughs> we were racing. <laughs> but, um... A puncture shouldn't be the end of the day. I mean, even for a pro, four or five minutes, um, yeah. it may cost you one place, something like that. But for most people, it's not going to be a big, big, big deal. I mean, a fantastic um, scenario was this year in Taupo. We, what if the weather conditions play up? Yeah. You know, how are you going to deal with that? If it's really windy, um, have a bit of a strategy for the bike because the temptation is to push a big gear into the wind and then um, and then spin back. So you just got to have a bit of a think about things like that. And the wise thing with that is, is that I imagine a lot of people don't actually do this, and so that when you get into those situations, because these things happen, you know, mm. in, in the race, shit happens. Yeah, it, it really <laughs> does. And that if we have planned before it, then going into it when it happens, we could deal with it. Whereas a lot of people who don't have that plan, they do panic, and yeah, you'll you'll end up beating people if it's about competition, or you end up beating these people because you have planned the what-ifs and yeah. so it can become a real strength to your game plan because you know basically in most races a couple of things are going to go wrong mm. hopefully nothing major but they do happen and lots of people have 
bad things happen. I mean, about the only thing you can't really control is um, major bike issues. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, most other things are controllable and, and you can work your way through them. Yeah, and they shouldn't um, be that much of a burden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so have a bit of a think about there and write down some what-if scenarios um, and, and how you're going to deal with those scenarios. Don't just write down what if it's windy, oh, crap, I'm going to crap myself. Yeah. Um, write down how physically you're going to deal with them and also how mentally you're going to deal with them. Obviously two important aspects to that. The other side of that as well is that if you have a what if, and you know, again they happen, um, and you you keep to your plan, you're going to come out the other side feeling really good about yourself and you're mm. going to be thinking, shit, I'm a legend. And, you know, yeah. and that frame of mind is going to make you have a better race because all of a sudden... What could have been a really bad situation, you've been able to act on, make it, you know, fix it and get straight back on the job, and you'll come out the side of that feeling really good. Whereas if you kind of oh, get all mumbled and fuddled, yeah, you know, like it, you know, the negative side is really bad as well. So stress takes a lot, a lot of energy. Yeah. Deal, dealing with stress takes a lot of energy. Yeah. So, so that's more a, relaxed. The big yeah. thing about all the stuff we're talking about here is is trying to reduce your stress levels on the day. Yeah. Um, probably the last point there I've got there is really to remember to enjoy yourself. <laughs> I think yeah. we go on about that, but uh, remember this stuff's supposed to be uh, fun for for the most part. Yeah. So um, keep smiling. I think that's an important thing. I get most guys, well, most people end up putting down in their race plan is is to to enjoy themselves and and have fun. Um, one thing I don't know if I've got down there, which is an important point, is goal inflation as you're getting closer to the races a lot of people yeah. start to really boost up their goals so um just be wary of that have a bit of a, a look back to where you started your journey from at the start of the season or whenever the journey to iron man began for you if it's a first time or or just think about the things that you what you were really looking to get out of uh a lot of people as they're getting closer to races really try to boost what they their original goals were so that may have been just to finish and now they want to finish in 12 hours and then yeah. they think oh, i think maybe i can finish in 10 hours and they well, might they might even yeah. they might do 10 hours 30 and when they look back to their original goal um they've obviously beaten that but they might be maybe disappointed because they didn't beat their inflated goal so so just avoid that in the last few weeks goal inflation often happens i think a few things with that as well is that um, communicate with your coach again because mm-hmm. they'll have a, maybe a more understanding of where you are at. Yeah. Um, and I know that, like myself, when when I'm having a really good training block, like with swimming recently, you instantly think you're going to be a lot better than what you may be. And mm. that you know, I've started thinking, oh, I'm going to be beating Cameron Brown in no time. Whereas realistically, <laughs> he's like six minutes in front of me, even at my best. So yeah. probably even more. And so. Um, it's really important that although we want to enjoy those periods where we're really feeling positive and amped and all the rest of it, that we really still keep with the goal. And uh, yeah, because that way, if once you, because if you, as John says, if you set it out of your bounds and then you, you know, what could be a really cool situation turns into yeah. a really horrible one. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, if you're doing, if you're doing a PB. You've had a pretty good day. Yeah, what's the best you've done? That's the best you've done, and that's that's a key thing to remember. If you beat your time from last time, you should be pretty happy. If you're a newbie, if you finish, well done. Right, it's on to uh, the monster question and answers section. We've got quite a few this week. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, First one's up from Paul, and Paul's the newbie to the uh, Ironman kind of game, and he's going to do the UK half next weekend coming up. So good luck, Paul. But he was kind of wondering why we're going on about the cycling thing so much. He kind of thinks we're Probably should have done a bit of research before I actually came on this one. Because <laughs> the, the crux of what he's asking is he's never got to to drills, to ru- Crikey, should we start that one again? Yeah, he's uh, never got to grips with the, the drafting issue. And he goes, I hear you guys saying that it should be more than like 10 metres, but why? Yeah. Someone, uh, if someone wants to hang on my wheel, that's fine. I'll just have to try harder and, and drop them. Yeah. Um, so I can kind of see where you're coming from there. But what the whole where triathlon really started was from being an individual test of um, endurance. And so there's just such a massive, massive 
difference sitting behind somebody and drafting you're gaining yep. you know a very big percentage um gain there so we we like to see it as an individual test where everybody's out there and doing the same distance and they're working against the same wind they're doing the same hills and it's an even test and uh horses for courses and uh the best man wins on the day whereas if you watch say olympic distance races if you're a weak cyclist you can you can get away with yeah. it so you can sit in there and draft your way on the bike um which is fine that's the way that style of racing yeah. works uh and you often find that the better runner wins whereas i think at ironman distance you get the better all-round athlete the guy mm. who can put all three together and still finish in first place whereas with olympic distance itu style it's usually a guy who's a, a good swimmer and who can just sit in on the bike and then is a very good runner and i think john's first point of that it's this is what the sport is meant to be it's meant to be fundamentally an individual challenge like you don't get any supporters help yeah you know you get your aid stations but other than that you know it's not like you get any help along the way and ironman is a journey for yourself and so if you're drafting um as much as you'd like to drop them drafting sitting on someone's wheel is a whole lot easier than being behind yeah. someone so wheel sucking bastards yeah, go yeah. away <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's just so much easier and maybe if you do a little bit more cycle racing check that out you'll probably experience that and so um because our sport is about being the individual in that personal journey that uh drafting doesn't really keep in line with that so that's yeah. mainly the reason we really seem to be so don't draft paul it. yeah don't draft <laughs> doesn't help anybody <laughs> <laughs> and next up actually we've got someone who i met last weekend i was in wellington as i was mentioning earlier doing a rpm which is a spin type class that i teach and i was doing a training weekend for some people and uh we had a girl called emma on there and she did really really well over the weekend so that was kind of cool she's gonna be a legendary teacher <laughs> and um but she wants to be an Ironman and she's just kind of gave us an email about her motivations for being an Ironman and she's kind of saying, hey, well, you know, I haven't done triathlon, but I'm not very fast at anything, but I'm quite good at holding a good pace forever, so Ironman seems common sense to me. And I kind of said, well, maybe John would have something to say about this. <laughs> well, I think um, my, my personal view is when people do Ironman um, for the first time, they should have it as a bit of a journey rather than going out there and doing Ironman as their first race. Yep. There's, there's, I mean, you did an Ironman as your first race, and there's plenty of people that do. And, and I think in your situation, you've got a very strong fitness background. Yeah. So I think people that come from a very strong background, you know, maybe you're an ex-cyclist or an ex-runner yep. yep. or an ex-swimmer, and you've got a really good base under you, yes, you can get away with it. I still don't think it's optimal. But I think people that are coming from, from no background in endurance sports or like you, you, I mean, you exercise every day as part yeah. of your job, so that's in your advantage. I think if somebody's coming from being a couch potato mm. and looking to do Ironman in one year, I think it's very unrealistic, and yeah. I think you'll end up um, a little yeah. bit disappointed. And injured, maybe. And injured. So yeah. uh, I think you're much better off. I don't know what sort of... Um, oh, she was a fit girl, so I think that maybe this is genuine. But she has kind of mentioned that it is a couple of years down the track. Oh, that's, so, that's fine, yeah. 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 I mean, um, no problem with that. I just think... For, for couch potatoes to Iron Man in one year is unrealistic. So, mm. Emma, take a couple of years to get there, and I think you'll enjoy it a lot more. She'll be a legend. Yeah. I'll say it was all because of that training weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm claiming it. Um, and also, we had another one from Patrick. And what did Patrick have to say? Love the oh, show. It's br bloody brilliant. Bloody brilliant, Patrick. We love you. <laughs> hey, um, Patrick's asking us about getting more interviews on the show. Now, we have actually finally figured out this Skype interview process. So, John and I actually did an interview the other day. Uh, and we did it two ways. We can do it either through computer, which um, is a lot better for quality, or we can do it um, through the computer to a phone. So, um, and we did it that way, which isn't as good a quality, but it works. And so that's what we're going to be doing with John while he's over in France on Epic Camp. And we're going to be doing, so I'll go. be bringing him and yeah, doing some interviews. And um, once we've got that going, then we'll have no problems. Uh, 
we've got quite a few connections, you know, with Gordo. I mean, Scott obviously lives in Christchurch, so we'll get yeah. him on again. Um, but then hopefully we'll get some of the other pro athletes and uh, yeah. around the world. Don't know Mark Allen, unfortunately, and Dave Scott, so we might have to work on that one. Um, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> I'll inflate the numbers a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, so we are aiming to do that. And we'll probably try to get Scott and Gordo on over the next couple of weeks, eh? When, yeah. yeah. So we'll, and KP uh, as well, he was also mentioning KP. So we've got to see, he's looking for some more coaching, so the more ideas, the better. So we'll uh, we'll keep working on that. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. And uh, there was also that one there from Christian, just about triathlon times, which we've already mentioned. So... Just again, if you can help Christian on his website, you can go to a triathlontimes.com.au and give some old results. And lastly, old Matthew, our good mate Matthew. He brings us a question every week. He's sensational. We love you, Matthew. <laughs> In a manly way. <laughs> <laughs> um, speak for yourself. Righto. So this week's question, uh, right, I'll read it verbatim. Verbatim. So with all the discussions surrounding drafting in the WTC, do you guys think a formal competitors union, a la like we have here in the US with baseball, football, should be formed, could be formed, or would it help? Would it give athletes uh, more of a voice in the sport and would it bring larger prize purses to long course racing? Uh, well, so, that's kind of what the triathlon professionals organisation uh, yeah, is I doing, think, isn't it? Yeah, I really think that's what um, Olaf's trying to achieve with the triathlon professionals union. And I think, uh, yeah, like we've sort of already said, is I've got to have a very strong collective um, so view. How, how's the union funded? Oh, it's just, just he's just done it himself. He's got really? a few personal sponsors, I think, and I think they maybe help out with bits and pieces here and there. Um, so but essentially, you don't if, you don't pay anything for it. So I think he's just trying to get the ball rolling. And, and I think further down the fee. track, then the, there should be a fee. Um, but I was talking when I mentioned this to Scott a little while ago. He he sort of said, you know. Things like this have, have come and gone in the past, and the only way it's going to work is if they get a really strong voice. They get yeah. their, their voice out into the media, and the media start to see things, and then I think that's when you'll see that the WTC do have to stand up and start taking notice. Yeah. So, and I think in a way Olaf is doing that. He is he's mm. quite aggressive in his approach. Like The emails we talked about the other week and yep. really pushing all those things. And so, um, so his approach has been aggressive, but... You know, he's getting a meeting, and like we, you know, we talked about this opening or starting up when we first started the show, which is only basically ten weeks ago. Yeah. So, or eleven weeks now, because it's eleven show. Eleven but, show. Um, yeah. So they're obviously making inroads, and so so you kind of in a way, Matthew, there is it's kind of happening now. This is mainly for pros, isn't it? It is. So I'm not sure if it's something that age groupers can well, join up to. I mean. Um yeah, it could be so. I don't think it's going to. It's it is more of the professional side of things, but there's no reason why you couldn't somebody couldn't set up a a site again for an age group collectives. Um, well, you kind of opinion. Think, well, I kind of think that if it's good for the pro, it's good for the age grouper. Yeah, generally yeah. speaking. Yep. So getting the you know safe races, um, fair conditions, fair drafting rules. Yeah, so I think we're heading in the right direction, but uh, we'll sort of watch that space. Yeah, so... Don't so forget to mention this fella. Sean, my mate Sean, he used to come riding with me sometimes, and um, he sent me quite a few emails over the time, and I always... Because he sends it to my personal email address and not actually the Talk um, email address, and so with that, I always forget to mention his emails. And he's actually sent us an email that we got again this week from another person about an article that was on in the New York Times, the Lactic Hassock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which we'll talk about soon. We're actually got to get someone who's a little bit more of an expert on the area because there seems to be an yeah. article saying that... I didn't read the article. <laughs> oh, that's what you told me to say. <laughs> but basically the article's saying that the lactic acid theory of... Um, like the threshold theory is kind of bullshit. Did we did we cover this a little while ago or not? No, I'm, I've seen it pop I, up once you know, or twice. I sent it to you. And yeah. yeah, Sean sent it to me a while ago, and I oh, sent yeah. it to you, and and I didn't read it then. <laughs> I think I did. I think I did read it. Yeah, and but, basically but, on this article, what they're saying is that 
um, all the way that we've been told to train is, is basically bull crap. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of a contradiction because then they said that they showed all this other research to say what really is happening, but the way we train still achieves that. Mm. Mm, I think that's when you dismissed it when I said yeah. that, and you're like, yeah, oh, nah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but we did get an, and somebody else bring that article up this week as well, and so I thought maybe we could maybe still get Nat in. Yeah. Because Nat's a really probably a top sports doctor. Yep. Yep. We can say that, and uh, he's a nice guy too. And so we're going to maybe see if we can get him in to kind of do some questions on that. Plus, also maybe some injury things, prevention yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so yep. maybe once John gets back, we'll get him on as well. And we're also looking to get M on as well. So yeah, she's in? back. I saw her last night. Oh, she's, sweet. So yeah. once John's back, we'll get... She's Christchurch's New Zealand's, the world's top. <laughs> no, she's, she's a nutritionist, and she's yeah. come up with a... Um, uh, power cookie yep. here in here in New Zealand, and also very, well. very very good athlete herself, yeah. um, winning the coast to coast and some other events. And Sean also sent us an email, which um, is kind of my kind of flavour of things about the Nike iPod adapter thing. Oh, so I, which, I vaguely saw that, which I'm kind of into because again, it's an Apple product. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, if anyone's got it, I'm just interested too if you could give us some feedback. Basically, you put a little device underneath your sole, in your sole of your shoe, yeah. and then you have your iPod, your iPod Nano, which is the smaller iPod, and you put this little thing at the bottom of the iPod, <clears throat> and while you're running it, it's giving you, it tells you your run speeds. Oh, okay. Mm, so, and yeah, and so you'll be running along, it's got your music, and it'll say, okay, now you're running at 13 k's an hour, yeah. and you've ran 10 k's, and it gives you all the distances. God, that would get annoying. <laughs> You'd be running along at Ironman, I mean, I know you can't wear things at Ironman, you are slowing down. You're useless. <laughs> You're crap. Things <laughs> like that. Um, I, Hurry up, you useless. I'm sure it's a good product. Apple's got anything to do with it. No. But um, no, I come on, Bill Gates, catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. Um, I think it'd be a really cool device. And yeah. what you can do is you can set music so that. And what they're looking to do is have tempo music. So when you're actually yeah. doing runs, you have runs that you can do tempo to and stuff like that. So if anyone's actually got it, which I'm sure a few people. I'm not sure, in America have probably got it. Can you give us some feedback on it? Because I'm just kind of more interested than anything. I also saw a company the other day called Pink, and they've got tie, they make ties and shirts. Yeah. And you can put, they've got a little pocket inside, inside of your tie where you can put your iPod inside your tie. Oh, really? So, yeah. It's the iPod world, isn't it? Eh? It's our generation. It is. When we're old. My mate's got the first generation iPod. There you go. <laughs> anyway, we're digressing. So, anyway, that's our show for this week. John's off to uh, France on Sunday, so... You've we'll an awesome s- trip, mate. We'll see what happens. I'm away for um, four weeks. You're away for four weeks? Yeah, so we're going to have to see what happens with uh, Iron Man Talk. We'll just uh, progress as we can. I can do it by myself. Even I'll sit here and... <laughs> just waffle on. <laughs> I'll just get some local triathlete on. Just get them on. Um, and yeah, but we are actually going to... The race Epic Camp doesn't start till a week after you get there, does That's it? That's right, yeah. So it starts on the Monday, like the 25th or 26th. So next week we'll just get on the phone and talk to John, but then after that we'll actually look on getting some interviews with some other people and yeah. bring it on. So you have a safe trip over there, mate. I'll make sure you have to Taipei. Woo. Taipei for two days. We're going to go 16-hour flight, two days working and then come back. So and You just get that back under control. Yeah, I reckon. Bloody hell, I can't swim. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you guys have a good uh, good week. If you want to check out John's website, it's, it is. Triathloncoach.net. Yep, and uh, best coach in the world. So <laughs> if, you want, if you want to go get a program from him, do that. If you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at gmntalk um, at gmail.com. If you have any questions, our show notes are up on the website for this week. We've also added a couple of things this week as well. Each week we're trying to add things to the website. We have uh, John's article on preparing for your race, and we're going to be putting more and more articles on each week. Plus, uh, this week I've created a links page. So 
so far on the links page I have all our websites of the weeks from all the shows. It's a little bit hard if you just go on the show notes page to find them all. So we've created a links page that has all the links pages for everything we've ever talked about in regards to websites of the week. And we've had some quite cool websites. It was, mm. it was quite cool looking back and seeing some of the things we've got there. So I've also tried to give a description of what are on those websites. Uh, we have links to all the Ironman races around the world, plus the 70.3s. And we've got swim equipment websites at this stage as well. So I'll probably look to put running and cycling on during this week, which will be up again next week. But again, just check out the website. And uh, while you're there, click on some of those Google AdSense. <laughs> we should throw in a set of Ginzu knives or something. Yeah. But, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> um, and you guys have a great week. Train hard and we'll catch up soon when John will be in. I'll be back. I get back on uh, July the 12th. July the 12th. So we'll do a show when I get back. I'll miss you, mate. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys, you train well and we'll catch you soon. So, so yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, but if you hum, you're consciously just getting your water out, and so then by the time you turn, oh, so what am I talking about professionalism here? <laughs> we'll keep we'll keep on recording, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>